they're fascinated with your full head of hair. <laughs> they're like, he's got Stark has hair. What? Yeah. <laughs> Looking I, very dapper. Very I did dapper. manage. I, I wouldn't say I fought for it, but um, there was that <laughs> episode where I kept my hair because I came back for an episode. I think it was the one Ben wrote um, where I'm this avatar. John it was the was John Quixote one? I think it was, or was it another one? I can't remember. Or Green Eyed Monster? I said, Can I keep my hair or should I cut it? And they said, Yes. And I regret that now because I look at that episode and pictures of that and I think that's not, doesn't look like Stark. Yeah. Do you remember so was it? it just, was it just for one episode? I think it was just one episode. And then I went away again. And then when I came back, we shaved it again. You shaved it again. What yeah. And you prefer, you prefer the shaved look? I thought the shaved look is, is great. As you can it's see from dark. this fabulous. Can you see the fan art on your Isn't screen? That is that beautiful? So who, where did you pick this? Who gave you this amazing, amazing so, piece of work? To be honest, Jean might know. I've also got this one here, which is also beautiful. Go, oh, my one. gosh. Can you see all of that? This is amazing. Did yeah. someone give it to you at a Comic-Con? Uh no, because I got it digitally, so I, I don't have a physical Whoa. copy of it. It's a digital copy of fan art, and and of course I do have physically. We do the reveal. <gasps> do the reveal. Da, 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 da. Hello, uh, hello, baby Stark. Once again, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know who made this. There's no, but it, it's it's. As I understand oh. it, they were handmade. Yeah, they're, I think they're I... not. They're not like my. My Matrix one, which is really an Agent Smith, but, oh. it, but they never made. Uh, uh, Hang on, his face is morphing. <laughs> yeah. There's um, been lots of questions, Paul, actually, about Matrix. People got quite surprised when they saw you in that. So, I'm um, and wasn't it? I'm confused. I thought they were shooting Matrix at the same time as we were shooting Farscape. So, how did you wrangle that, or was it a different Matrix? No, no, they were shooting a different Matrix because there, of course, have been three of them. And yeah. now there's going to be a fourth one, I believe. Is there? I oh. believe so. I think they've even been shooting it because I saw something, an interview with Hugo, where he was asked, somebody told me about this, actually, I didn't see it, but he was asked, what would, would he have liked to have been in the fourth Matrix? And he said, yes, he would have, but he just wasn't available. So oh I think God. they might have shot it. So when we were so, in Fox Studios, that was the very first Matrix. When I when so the I, very when first we one was in 1998, and, oh, so and you before. guys were in Fox Studios. Yeah, we were when because we came on around the same time, didn't we? Because I was at 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And did we do that in Fox Studios, or, or we were uh, we already out at Homebush Bay? We the first. The first season was all Fox and then we moved out. But we shot a lot of your stuff for the Peacekeeper Planet. Remember down in the tunnels? In yeah. The, we were in, out in Manly. At yes. Manly Heads. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Which is cool because we were actually watching some rescue special ops with the gang uh, the other day too. And someone was like, wait, it's the same tunnels. I'm like, yes, those tunnels were used for lots of things in, uh, in movie magic in Australia. Yeah. Mission Impossible was shot mm. there as well. I think there's a whole scene in the tunnels with um, with Tom. Oh, uh, Ricky Manning has just joined the room, has just popped Hello, up. Ricky. Hi, Ricky. Hi, beautiful Ricky. He's like, Paul, hi, 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 hi. 
what ha I'm just uh, jumping over to the chat for a second. Everyone's wel welcoming Ricky. They were shooting Matrix, Ricky says, two and three during Farscape filming because they blew up White Bay Power Station while I was there. Oh, right. thank you so much, Tex. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, uh, you can't see this because you're just on Zoom, Paul, but uh, through the chat, uh, people often give donations. So whatever donations we get, obviously, I'll be sending you half just to give you a heads up. Oh, thank you, Emerald City. You're, we just, Emerald City thank is you. throwing money at us. We love you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks. You guys are all... So where were you when, when you got the where were you when you got the audition script like how did you get it how many auditions were there what was the whole process like right um so i've i've i'm sure i've told this before that i i auditioned for scorpius so just winding back a bit i did i was doing mostly theater and then i got and then i was doing cabaret i'm going to wind right back i was doing cabaret the musical playing the mc in cabaret i might fish out a photograph of that um Ooh. and uh and we'd had opening night and then on the monday i had this audition for a thing called the matrix which uh, i'm not sure if we got the whole script i think it was probably very hush hush and but i had watched bound i don't know if anybody's seen bound but it's their first the wachowski's first movie which was they'd kind of taken uh, a genre which was your gangster genre and people um, offending the, the, the mafia, the gangsters, and then being on the run. And they twisted it because it was about two women, Jennifer Tilly and the woman out of Showgirls or whatever that, that legendary disastrous movie was. And one was um, a leather-clad lesbian and one was um, more um, <laughs> kind of traditional gangster mole. And they were on the run. And I thought- Did you just say traditional gangster mole? Yes, I did, yeah. You know the kind of ditzy Jennifer, I don't know if you know Jennifer Tilly, but she had squeaky voice. She did a few Woody Allen movies and she was really ditzy. And um, and then the other actress was, you know, motorcycle uh, leather wearing and they were on the run from the mafia. So it was a really, like they did with The Matrix, they took a genre and they were true to it, but then they twisted it slightly. And I thought, wow, these, they're fascinating um as filmmakers and so was, that's what made me interested in the matrix apart from hearing that it was a huge it was going to be a huge event and i opened in cabaret playing the mc to great acclaim on the saturday night and on the monday i was sitting in um the casting agent going for a tiny part in the matrix which was the uh keanu uh, mr anderson's boss neo's boss who fires him and a colleague of mine, David Wenham, who's a brilliant actor, and he's with my agent, was there going for an agent. And they were running 45 minutes late, and I was kind of pumped up with the hubris of a successful opening night. And I thought, why don't I get the opportunity to go for one of these? Because we don't look dissimilar. And 45 minutes went by, and I was... This is very rare for me to get pissed off and be a, a bit... No, I've so, never seen you yes. in our, the history of our friendship pissed off, ever, right. not once. <laughs> um, there, there was a time when we did a tour once. You might remember. Oh, I yeah. think you, yeah, I thought there was. I did that. call the riot act on that one at one point. Um, <laughs> that's another story. Anyway, long story short, I thought, damn it, I I want to go for one of the agents, and they've been keeping me waiting. I've just opened successfully in a play. I'm gonna, and I went up to them. And I'm said, on so, a roll. 
I've got to, yeah, I've, I've got to be somewhere else. And so I, I basically left the audition. I'm not going in for this role. And then I called my agent and my agent said, sorry, but Shauna at the casting agent isn't thinking of you in that way. And then four days later, my agent called up and said, you've got an audition for one of the agents. So if I hadn't stood my ground and gone Isn't for that something interesting? I, yeah. That you've How got balls because I've, I've never had enough guts to turn down an audition even though – like, I don't know if people out there realise how gruelling it is. And it's like, it's just heartbreaking, but it's all part of the process, isn't it? And the thing is, you've got to remind yourself, look, they want you to get the job. But, you know, there's nerves, there's so much preparation that you've done. You've done it 50 million times perfectly in the shower, in your home, whatever else. And then you get there on the day, they make you wait for sometimes hours, you know. And then, and then all of a sudden you're in the room. In America, at least in Australia... They, they they let you usually do like a, a quick rehearsal or a quick line run through with the reader whereas in america you almost walk into the room and the camera's rolling and you know you go to shake their hand and they're like oh no we don't shake hands and then i go oh well here's my resume and they go oh no we we, we don't need the resume so you're already kind of a bit skew if when they the power imbalance is so huge yes and i yes i do and and it's so because you go and they're like i got this i got i got i got please can i have this <laughs> yeah yeah it's so, but as i understand at least in america you can the first time you go for something you can read it and they, they're just shortlisting you out of you can have the script in your hand with australia some people, they, some people do and some people say that's it's right. better to go in with the script in hand but i think i'm like you paul i'm i'm like well i get into character and i, I, I then then i'm caught halfway in between if I have yeah. a script in my you know what I mean it's that weird kind of well now how yeah. can I be the character if I'm a, so it's a very different process over here though so you yeah. said you went to the matrix interview you waited so, and you're like screw this I'm not going to do yeah. it then they called you back up to have a major and they role said yeah okay we'll we'll look at you for the other role and I suppose I'm saying that because that was pivotal because if I hadn't done that I wouldn't have been in class yes. oh yeah. I see wait because so I don't think yeah, because that really helped put my name out there more. And it made Justin, uh, yeah, I'll get to the audition in a second. But yeah, so so I got The Matrix. And then Hugo, who'd been training, he'd been doing martial arts in LA with Keanu and those, those martial arts experts from Hong Kong. And they pushed him too far and he injured himself. Oh and then God. there was talk about whether Hugo would actually be able to, to do it. And I was thinking my being in the matrix is contingent on me looking like whoever's playing Agent Smith. If they go a different way with Agent Smith, if Hugo can't do it and they get an actor with dark hair, then I'm out. So for like three months, I was just hoping and praying Hugo. Oh, that's sickening. And he did. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. job, Hugo. <laughs> and uh, then, then I dovetailed the matrix with Holy Smoke, a Jane Campion film. Man, you're um, on fire. It was going well, yeah. And uh, and that was Kate Winslet. I was playing Kate Winslet's brother. And the Wachowskis yeah. and the producer were wonderful in letting me leave The Matrix a little bit early. So there's one scene in The Matrix where it's not me. It's another actor they brought in somewhat at a distance. I look at it and I go, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> um, yeah. Can, can so, we, can, do we know what, are we allowed to know the scene? That's, that's me. I was like, that's um, you, isn't it? Look, that's me, yes. Can you see but the edges on your screen? I don't know what yeah, you can see. Yeah, 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 we can see. Yeah. We can see. 
So I did Holy Smoke and then I wanted to move to the country and and I thought I don't need to be in the city to do theatre so I can I can finally move to the country. So I went to, you, you'll know Barry, which is to mm. people in America, it's a beautiful, lush, green, verdant area, which is all about um, cattle and uh, dairy farming. And it was like where I grew up in, in Devon in England. So I moved there, turned down theater, decided to focus on music and try and get some more film or TV work. And then Justin, who, who went through Justin Monjo, one of the writers, of course, he was a year behind me at NIDA, our National Institute of Dramatic, Dramatic Art, where, where Anthony went and I went. And so he knew me and I, there was a role called Scorpius. I auditioned for that role, didn't get it. But then in the same episode that I think Scorpius was introduced in that episode, pretty sure there was another character called Stark and Justin suggested me and so i didn't audition for stark they just gave me that role you lucky so, you lucky. yeah well i would have been even luckier if i got scorpius though oh. no one could eclipse wayne as scorpius so i so, think scorpius is one of the all-time great screen villains film or tv quite an extraordinary look an like extraordinary look energy but yes yeah. and the intelligent performance he gave with that character he wasn't just one-dimensional evil and this is kudos to the writers to give such depth to that character and to make him so creepy and cold yeah and how he was so like calm a lot of just like and you know lots of people play evil characters like you know and he's just kind of simmering the whole time very clever very uh so we've got lots of questions pouring in uh so uh captain wants to know is this true were you a acting coach on a model a- show? Australia's top model, yeah. Australia- what? When was it? How did I miss this? Uh, I, um, hello. Yes. Is that Jed? Oh, he's popping his head out. Hi. Oh, this is, this is our little girl right now. She's passed out. Oh, how in cool. All, in all her toys. She's like, I'm exhausted. Oh, <laughs> oh that's beautiful. Uh, so um, how, when did that happen? Because uh, I started teaching um, pretty much when I got out of drama school and I did it on and off for, for years and uh, it came through my agent. I think they were looking at somebody to coach Jodie Mears, who was Kerry Packer's, not Kerry Packer, his son, um, the other Packer. The, right. She was married to him anyway. So she was a kind of a celebrity model. And she was one of the hosts on Australia's Top Model. And uh, she needed a bit of coaching. So I, I coached oh. her. And then they invited me on to do a session with, with the girls on the show. Oh, really? So what yeah. did you have to do? Oh, uh, we ran through. It was in uh, an old church, which is an acting school. And we ran through all kinds of exercises about connecting with emotions, I think. It was kind it wasn't teaching them how to act so that they could be good on camera. It really was an episode, you know, okay. Right. Here the girls go and and get some acting teaching. Were they any good? Look, some of them were. <laughs> it was the one who eventually won, who they were really worried about, um, and they were worried about her on the day, 
as I recall, thinking she wasn't very good. She was the one I was thinking, there's something about There's her. something there. Yeah. But of course, acting is so different to modeling. I remember yeah. coaching another woman who um, was, she was a young woman and she was the face of Bulgari at the time. And she was, she was they were hoping that she'd, she'd be good enough to get this role in a new film with um, Russell Crowe and uh, Nicole Kidman. And she was extraordinary looking. But once she started animating, Not she so lost that beauty. Yeah. She, she yeah, eventually went on to do Vikings and she was fantastic, you know, ah, 10 years later. Yeah. But, but what can look beautiful in repose doesn't necessarily look good when it's animated. And yeah, likewise, yeah. you know, some great actors aren't particularly photogenic, but when they start acting, and their essence and their soul comes out and they're alive, that, yeah. that is beautiful. Yeah. I always found it intriguing that I could never quite figure out why, and not with, I'm not saying this with any disrespect, but I could never understand why models were paid so much in comparison to actors. I was like, I wish I could be a model. Because <laughs> I was dating this guy at the, t at the same time in Farscape days and he was a model and he would, you know, work for an hour and got what I got in a, in a week, you know what I mean? Like they were raking it in. I'm like, but you didn't even have to talk. Right. And then I, I said to um, uh, my, one of my friends is like a works, like is a site manager here in uh, Hollywood. So he's, he, you know, looks after the nice properties while the talent come and film there. So they had uh, Scarlett Johansson come and film like a perfume ad or a coffee ad or something. And the rumor on the set, and it was probably a rumor, is that she was paid $8 million. And he goes, isn't that amazing? Wouldn't that be good for this commercial? I was like, $8 million. And he goes, yeah, and she didn't even have to speak. So I came home and I said to Jed, oh, Scarlett Johansson got paid $8 million for one day and she didn't even have to speak. And he goes, I'd pay you $8 million for one day if you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Uh, so uh, we've got lots and lots of questions. Uh, so poor. I'm going to uh, go to San Francisco. Oh, yes. Oh, hello, San Fran. San Francisco. That is San Francisco, isn't it? That's the Golden yep. Gate. That's the yeah. Golden Gate Bridge. We have people in San Francisco. Have we got some San Franciscans popping in? We do have a, a question here from okay. Brave Salts. It's, he says, uh, Paul, thank you for being here. I would like to ask for a potential Farscape revival. What direction would you take Stark? Would Stark be as more of a mediator similar to Zan now that he has newfound peace from the conclusion of Peacekeeper Wars? I good think question. just off the top of my head, I think it would be good if Stark had really got his shit together and, um, and there wasn't, I didn't have to do too much crazy stuff, but I'd still like to, to go off the deep end at some point. Um, I think that, you know, his, his gift, if you like, which was abused by Scorpius and, and the people who had enslaved him, was his ability to take people's pain. And I think if we, and I occasionally did that, obviously I did that in the first two episodes with Crichton, but it was very costly. I understood it cost $5,000 every time I took my mask off. Oh, to really? That effect. So, yeah. So those opportunities were few and far between. I imagine that might be a little cheaper now. And maybe 
I'd like to do some more of, of that, that kind of role where I am able to take, I, I'm speaking as if I am Stark. Um, you are Stark. You always uh, be Stark to yeah, us. That, that, the spiritual dimension, I think, will be nice to explore more. That, that ability to help heal people would be great. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ricky says that uh, they had such fun writing for Stark because he was so all over the place and you really got that and you showed lots of different levels and he, he said you're amazing. Thank, like, thanks, Ricky. I, it was like an Ricky. amazing opportunity in that regard because I could. It was one of the few characters. I mean, compare it to The Matrix where I was a piece of code where I had no emotions and then to go and do that character, particularly in the first two episodes where I went from acting crazy, you know, being tortured, acting crazy to then helping um heal Crichton in that what well, I think is a lovely scene um, where I'm cradling him it's beautiful take, yeah and, and that was um who was the director on that episode yeah, oh, no. um, uh, Ricky knows name? that was that was uh, your episode wasn't it Ricky was so Andrew directed one of them and I forget his name now but I can see his face damn it anyway he, he just said he kind of gave me the old less is more and just I could be really centered. Um, so to go to the, from that extreme, it was fantastic. A and to be given the opportunity, sometimes the writers would just write with his madness. And that with was, his madness and take it from there? <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the phrase, Ricky can correct me if, if I'm wrong, but it was, yeah, occasionally that'd be with his madness. It was kind of shorthand for- Go you know, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and the relationship with Rigel, I loved having. There was a period where I had a special relationship with Rigel. Uh, Rigel was so good because he made us look good. Like it didn't matter how bad you were, Rigel was always going to be worse, wasn't he? Yeah, we, yeah. I said with love. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. want to know if you took your mask home with you. Uh, no, I would love to have. I don't I know. Where that mask is? Yeah. It's a great show. I did take home the, when the mask was revealed and what was underneath was finally revealed. Um, Dave Elsey, who's, you know, special effects, um, makeup, creature special shop. effects and creature shop. Yeah. He was planning something fabulous. And then they brought it forward by like three or four days. And mm -hmm. so he had to whip something up on the day. So he whipped that up, which I thought was beautiful. Those kind of veins of purple. And in makeup, I said, can I take that home? So I've got that in a box. Whoa. It's still kind of, it's shriveling up, but it's-, it's a bit sticky. It, yeah, yeah, you know how those prosthetics decay. Yeah, they get a, but, get a nice scent to them, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yes, they do, yes. Uh, we have to do a big shout out and thanks, Paul, because there's uh, Bradley, uh, Texodo, Emerald City and Christian have all given us beautiful donations. So huge thank you, guys. Really appreciate you. it. And pe people are cheering and people are subscribing. So we love you very much. Thank you for supporting, guys. Uh, so they're all saying my side, your side, my side, your side, of course. Uh, and everybody wants to know what did you did you sneak home the Matrix glasses, Paul? Did you did you get away with that? No, I didn't. Um, they were very fragile glasses, by the way. They were designed specifically. They brought in an Australian designer to design those glasses, but they were they were just really glass in these light frames. So the 
they were quite fragile. But what I did bring home was five bullets that came out of my gun that I fired at Trinity. Um, so oh. they were blank. So, yeah. So I still got, I gave one of them to somebody who helped me with my computer one time and saved me many thousand dollars and I engraved it because he was a huge Matrix fan. But I've still got four of these bullet shells that I, I quickly put, picked up and I thought, yeah. No, so, I, I can keep them. Uh, yeah. You no want to know what you're doing in the revival? Because Ricky's telling us all, Paul, this is great. I'm loving it. Rick Efrunium says, uh, uh, Captain Calvin Cat, do you want some spoilers? Stark is in 75 episodes, kills Brack Bracker, eats Rigel, and is the father of Eren's baby. So be, yes. get, get ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously not the father of the first baby. Right. Is it, how about, yeah, you know, which baby a, are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you've been working on a beautiful children's project, yes? Yes, yes, I have. And there's a bit of artwork we did for it a long time ago. Um, Thank you, Lizzie, and, babe. And I, I'm sure there'll be a few fans out there who've come to conventions and have heard me talk about it. Yes, it is still the children's project that I was working on 14 years ago. Um, but because of having to earn, earn a living. What? Yeah, and, and being, some people would call it a perfectionist, but, but I just have this attention to detail and I've bitten off. I wouldn't say it's more than I can chew because I've been chewing it, but it's a long time masticating this, this to continue the chewing metaphor, chewing over it and just, what it is, is it's a musical. It's an oral experience for kids and so there's 11 songs and there's narration i narrate it there are actors so there's dialogue and there's massive special effects so it's um a kind of magical adventure if you like for this young kid and his mother who goes a bit crazy and uh and it's taken so much time because i'm i've been doing everything bringing in people to help me at various stages but i've been having to learn how to create sound effects and and at every step of the way I've gone well how can I do this at the level that I as a kid would appreciate and so when it came to creating the sound effects which are very elaborate I started watching Pixar movies and then turning the image off and listening to them reading up about the the passion that these people have these sound designers have for their work and and discovering this artistry behind behind sound design which is just it's beautiful if you watch something like wall-e there's virtually do you know wall-e yes 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 yeah there's virtually no dialogue it's that whole world apart from the images is just so beautifully evoked the emotions by the sound design so that that the stage i'm in now i've got seven chapters done with all the sound effects and i've got another five to go to add the sound effects and just to do the last stage. The songs have been written and produced a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Captain wants to know if you've done Shakespeare and if so, what plays and what are your favorite characters or what's a Shakespeare that you would like to do? So I'm gonna to go to rehearsal pictures now. Um, this isn't Shakespeare, but this is the play I did at the end of last year. If I can squeeze this is over. See if I can fit you you in more there you go cool thank you jo thank you joanne thank you 
we, Joanne, Lizzie, and As all just gave us beautiful donations too, Paul. Thank you, Thank girls. You. We really Thank appreciate you. it. We can eat, Paul. Yes. <laughs> so where is the? What's happening here in this photo? What's Shall I answer the Shakespeare question first, and then I'll I'll talk. I just thought this is a theatrical picture. Um. Uh, I did Shakespeare at a drama school and then one play after that and I've never done Shakespeare again and when I was at drama school it was it felt like I was going to be slotted into being a Shakespearean actor and I didn't want that to happen and unfortunately I think my wish came true a little too strongly because I would have loved to have done I have been offered a couple of Shakespeare's but I haven't ended up doing them but I did bottom in Midsummer Night's Dream and I don't know if you know, if people know that play very well, but Bottom is one of the popular mechanicals who's the, the acting troupe and they're craftspeople and they're, they're simple wood folk who decide they want to put on a play and Bottom is the one who thinks he can play every character. He's always going, no, I'll play that, I'll play that. And I'll, they're do, going, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. <laughs> and, um, and he's called Bully Bottom and often he's played as a kind of... Um, pushy yeah let me take that role a little narcissistic actor who just wants to play all the roles but my one of my drama teachers said it reminded him of uh, young kids that he taught who just was so passionate and enthusiastic and i remember I yeah and i remember teaching five-year-olds and there was there was one quiet little asian australian girl who just didn't say boo to a goose there was one little kid who was who was very theatrical and then there was one little girl They'd be sitting in a circle in front of me and she'd just keep coming up in front of me and going, I'll do the exercise. And she was like five years old. And so I kind of based it on that enthusiasm. And, and that was a magical experience. So I'm, I'm happy I did that play because Midsummer Night's Dream is a beautiful Shakespearean play. And then I did Taming of the Shrew when I got out of NIDA. But otherwise, no Shakespeare. Not, oh, I yeah. see. And if you could do... What's one of your favourite Shakespeare's that you've seen? Richard the Third, obviously, Ooh. is a great character. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I, I've never been interested in Hamlet. I did audition for Hamlet one, a couple of times, actually. And, and when I've watched him, I've always thought, I just wish you'd get on with it. All these people are coming to Hurry grief. up. <laughs> yeah, you can't decide. It's like two hours and you still haven't figured out what to do. It's like pretty bloody obvious. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, Real Red El Bruno says, I taught my five year old my side, your side. And it's really cute hearing her say it where she doesn't really know where it's come from. That would be pretty adorable to see it. Right. My side, this little girl going, my side, your side. Uh, so tell us more about the, the production that we see behind you. What's that all about? So this is the first play I've done for a number of years. So. Um, this was called Photograph 51, and it was about the discovery of DNA. And particularly it focused on Dr. Rosalind Franklin, who was one of the people involved in the discovery of it. And she did a lot of the, the mathematics behind it. And she was in King's College in London, but she never received a Nobel Prize, partly because she died at age 38, a few years before the Nobel Prize was awarded. And she died of cancer and there was speculation that her the the photography that she did of the the protein crystals 
uh, may have increased the chance of, of this particular cancer because of the radiation from oh. the photography that they were using. And she was a really tricky character. She was probably on the spectrum, so very hard to work with. And my character was maybe also on the spectrum. So incredibly smart, but their social skills weren't great. So a lot of it was about how they were trying to collaborate and work together, but they just couldn't meet each other, both emotionally and collaboratively. So it was quite intense and it was a, an hour, just an hour and a quarter, but all five of us were on stage for the entire time. Where, so you, this is a play that you did recently? Yeah, so it, we did it at the end of last year into December at the Melbourne Theatre Company. In oh, Melbourne. that would have been, wait, so are you Melbourne or Sydney now? I, I'm Sydney, so oh, I, I went you. to stay in Melbourne. And do you know Pamela Rabe? Uh, yes, I do. Right. I do know that she, name. She's a legendary Australian theatre actor who's also yes. now in a, a legendary TV series called um, uh, Wentworth. Which yes, I think Wentworth. Yeah, I don't know if you get it in America. But yes, I, I, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Right. So she plays, uh, is she the freak? I'm not sure what the name of her character. And she's one of the main characters, Pamela Rabe, and she directed it. And she did a beautiful job of getting together a group of lovely people who really supported each other and worked well together. So it was a, a, a lovely experience to have. A and to do a play about uh, the kind of the lost story of this female scientist was also meaningful. I'm just looking through. Oh, there's so many questions. I'm trying to keep up with them all. Like, I I'm oh, glad you warned you me before. about I, uh, about you looking yeah, away from like, the questions. Why, why is she I, looking away? Boring, Gigi. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that some guests, because you guys, because uh, for everyone in the chat room, Paul is uh, is joining us over Zoom, so he's not watching the full chat. So I'm reading the questions to him, and I said to him before we went live, "Listen, if I'm looking down away from away away from you, it's not because I'm being rude. It's because I'm trying to catch up with all the questions that flood in." <laughs> like do do do. Uh, so what do you prefer is do you prefer theater more than uh film and television or too different to compare what do you where do you i mean there's something amazing about theater isn't there because it's so the energy that you get from the audience and you can't do a second take and you're right there and you just have to roll with whatever happens and if an actor mucks up a line or if someone makes a funny noise in the audience or it's very um it's it that that energy from the theater is amazing isn't it uh, yeah, yeah, amazing sometimes, yes, particularly when you're having to deal with people coughing and things right. like that. Right, oh, with the chip packet? Oh, like, just somebody eat, just had... the chips! <laughs> this is quite, yes, it's unbelievable. Some people still think they're in their own home. We had a situation, because it was quite, it was maybe a 350-seater, and the edge of the stage was like, you know, oh we, we sat on the edge of the stage virtually at times, and you could just reach out and touch people. And one, one performance... Uh, somebody decided that her her toffees were too good to eat alone, so she wanted to share them with her friends. And one of Hand our actors, down. yeah, and one of our actors just um, he walked past and he grabbed one just to kind of signal to her and, and yeah. that we can see you, we can, we can hear, hear you. Very distracting. <laughs> I was speaking at the time and I thought, what is going on? And because in theatre, like you've got to stay on the ball. 
Yes. Because if you get distracted and you lose your train of thought, you can get off that train and not be able to get on yeah, until then. And go, next where the hell am I? Yeah, you've got to hop Scene in the change. car, drive to the next station and hope that you can get on if it slows down enough. If you can't, <laughs> then it's like, oh, no, we're lost. Have you done a play at the... Is it the stables in King's Cross, that really small? Yeah, like I know. The tiny. That I, yeah. I did it like a um, – Samantha Lane directed a, a beautiful uh, uh, play called Psychosis uh, 445 or something, Psychosis. It was years ago and the it was so intense. It was only three of us on stage the whole time and it was only about an hour, at, just over an hour long, but it was hardcore and you're literally sitting in the audience's lap kind of thing. And we were even to the point where we were on stage when the audience entered. So so it was about a, a lady who'd lost her mind. So that there was the there was the physical body and then the spiritual body and then the, the narrator kind of thing. And it was it was intense. And so we'd I'd have to lie on the stage while all the people entered the building and people just don't because they're out there they're talking with their friends they're on their phones they're munching their chips they're whatever walking over the stage that you're literally like lying on to get to the other side to greet you know it was such an intense and you just got to roll with it that's the cool thing about theater you're like well you use it put it into your scene or or don't use it do something yeah. with it <laughs> yeah and when you look out there and you see some people are like asleep which is not infrequent in theatre. People go there and just once have a nap. Down, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, nap time. Um, you just have to go, okay, I'm just doing it for those people who are sitting there looking enthusiastic. We, yeah. went, we went to Broadway and I'm all about Broadway because I've been like, you know, love musical theatres and stuff. And uh, so I dragged Jed to all the musicals and stuff and poor guy. And so I dragged him to Wicked and paid over price tickets for you know to see wicked because they were last minute and he just slept the whole way through and i went that would have been your most expensive nap that you've ever had like a 400 hundred dollar nap <laughs> just slept uh so poor joe from toronto wants to know what was the worst and the best part of playing stark stark lives on in our family as a character's name uh, as a character name for video games my side is even said by our kids <laughs> right so the best and the worst well bro broadly speaking the best as i mentioned before was the opportunity that that i had as an actor and that everybody involved in farscape had which is so rare which is to just go anywhere the the designers the writers the actors every element you could just flex your skills and your imagination and let let it run wild as opposed to when you're doing something which is really kitchen sink and you know i've done a number of things where i'm sitting in a hospital bed or something in a you know or or being arrested you know really boring mundane stuff but this was just you'd read a script and go what can i do with this what you know i might just have a few moments in a in a an episode but there's there's something wild and imaginative about the world I'm inhabiting and you can really let your imagination run wild. I think specifically, you know, that fight that you and I had while oh, it was yeah. challenging because because you need two eyes to have yes. depth of field and <laughs> I only had one eye and so that was a little worrying doing that. But 
but that that was John Quixote, wasn't it? That was the yeah, that was John Quixote, yeah. and you you had one eye, and then I only had tunnel vision. So how right. we survived that, and how we didn't yeah, kill we half didn't the poke crew each other's quite one good eye. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so having that opportunity in that in that episode two to be mean and to have a quite a different character was was really special. Um, and then there's another I, I loved. There's a scene where Rigel and I are in a spacecraft on our own and there's that huge big monster that's going to come and swallow us up. And, and there was just a little moment where we had where I eventually knock Rigel out. I think that's what I do. I'm pretty sure. But it was kind of like a little road movie section. Yeah, yeah. Me and Rigel on the road. Just and hanging. And tea between him. And, <laughs> yeah. and working with the, the puppeteers of Rigel was always a joy. And, and treating Rigel, always speaking to Rigel as if he was the character, treating him yes. as if he was the actor on set. I, I know some actors did that and some actors didn't didn't experience him in that way. But I, I know the puppeteers liked that, that, that I could have a conversation with Rigel off set yeah. and they would they would animate him and we'd have a conversation. Just chat away? Yeah. It but was, it is... Yeah. It was weird when you see them on the side of set and they're not animated and they're just, they don't have a person operating them. It's kind of morbid, it's isn't horrible. it? It yeah. is, right. When you see Rigel just kind of... Yeah, in yeah. Mode. yeah. Uh, so uh, Raven Slayer says, is it easy to get into character, easier in performance theatre or TV or movie? As you mentioned in theatre, if you lose your train of thought, it's hard to get back on the train. So what do you find, what medium do you find easier to get into into character and performance? Uh, I think it's more contingent on how well the character's developed and how long you've been with the character. So with Stark, it was very easy. I guess right from the beginning, it was easy to get into that character because he was so kind of well fleshed out on the page. And, and then of course, as I came back to it all the time, I knew him so well and the environment, it was like being, it really was, and you can attest to this, Gigi, it was kind of like an alternate universe that we 100%. inhabited for a while, but still there somewhere um, with those people, those those characters. So that was easy. With theatre, it's often easy because you've had the whole rehearsal and you developed your character and then you're doing a run. And so the, that part of your brain that is being wired up to be that character is there to animate very quickly. Whereas sometimes on film or TV, you've got to turn up and you've got to be the character without any rehearsal. Um, yeah, and, and then you're done and dusted and then you move on. So it's more to do with the length of time you have in preparing the character and the amount of time you spend being the character. What, what, when, what was the first scene that you had to shoot and how did you feel walking onto that set? Because it truly is otherworldly isn't it you can't it's hard to compare it to anything what was your first scene that you had to shoot it, it's so long ago that I could be wrong about this but I'm pretty sure it was the location stuff and it was the my side your stuff my side your side yeah yeah stuff so it just in that scene I could go from just going hell for leather which is a gift to an actor because if you're having if you're nervous and you've got adrenaline pumping through yes. you and you're having to do like the worst thing would be playing a love scene with somebody you've never met before and having to be relaxed and intimate and present. That would be so hard with adrenaline pumping through your system. Whereas for me, I could let all that adrenaline out 
with that my side your stunt stuff which i looked at recently and it is pretty it's pretty extreme um and being on location is always good too so it was quite a gift to to do that straight up and then meeting ben and ben was beautiful and really um he was wonderful to work with straight up i love that scene with you guys it's like you've it's in your first episode i believe where you are you yeah he's just come out of the chair and you're both in it and you realize you are actually trying to escape and it's so beautiful. And then like madness been, is an act. Yes. Yeah. I've been re-watching it and I'm so surprised how amazing it's. it still holds up really well. The computer graphics are fa- fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much, Galaxy. Uh, also, we need to thank uh, Mathman, Matthew, Storm and Sci-Fi Scott and Az and Lizzie. They've given us more donations. So a huge thank you. Sorry for interrupting, Paul, but I, I like right. to give the thank shout you. outs. Thank you. you guys are amazing. Uh, so what's what's next for for you? What's next for you? Have I you put realize... this one up yet? Oh no, that's us in the Peace Wars! Yay! <gasps> hey, you know, Paul, that it's on Amazon Prime, and you have to tell all your friends and family to watch it on repeat because they're keeping an eye on it to to see how much interest there is for for, uh, uh, for creating right. a new series. So, if, do you have Amazon Prime? I, I do, yeah, yeah. Well, you can sit back and watch yourself now. My, my aunt, who's 94, um, she moved back from the Gold Coast in Australia back to the UK, and she got herself an 87-year-old boyfriend uh, who turned out to be a Farscape fan. <gasps> which I so thought he's was like, what? Fantastic, you know, yeah. They have Amazon Prime back yes. over there, so, yeah. Good, we'll tell Not, them to watch it on repeat. Yeah. So, uh, what's happening? What's next on the? What's next on your journey? Once we all get are allowed to escape and tiptoe through the tulips. So uh, I'm trying to do forty hours a week on my kids' project, which uh, it's a little bit challenging because I do work like Anthony does. I don't know if he talks about his work in with learning and development. So yesterday I was doing a workshop. So so what I do is I use acting in. Uh, in the corporate sphere, in learning and development, helping leaders be better leaders, having helping them have better conversations. So I improvise, often we'll have a scenario where I'm a poor performing uh, worker who previously, let's say, was work, was performing really well and something's gone wrong and they have to have a conversation about that. And so often what's fantastic is I'm often playing the person who doesn't have to be their best. So I can be difficult, a pain in the ass, whatever. And so that, that's what we do. And we're now doing it online. So I was, I was doing it in Singapore with um, people in Singapore for Woolworths um, yesterday. Wow. Yeah, wow. next week doing it with another company here in Australia. So using Zoom often. Uh, uh, we've got a very, cool, a very, very cool question. Uh, so they would like to know what's the last role, the one after, the one that you, after you've played it, you went, okay, that was my most perfect work. That cannot be topped. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, no, no, no pressure. It's yeah. A, it's a good question. I'm like, ooh. I think the roles where I've gone in theatre, where I've gone, that was fantastic to do, and I feel really proud, and I feel um, like I nailed the character. One one thing happens 
when you leave the play, it's there's a bit of grief to do with with letting that person go. Does that make sense to yes. you? It's like letting um, Chiana go. It's like, yeah. I, and it was the same with Stark. It was even though his life was often a little tortured, there's a, a grief about letting that part of my brain go and not being able to not be him, but be with him again, if, if you like. In terms of the, it was, I guess doing Matrix, Holy Smoke and Farscape and, and some of the last plays I did enabled me to be philosophical about what happened to our film industry, uh, kind of after Farscape and the Matrix, where the Australian dollar was like 50 cents to the, the 48 cents to the US dollar when Matrix was happening. So there was a massive amount of American production coming over to, to Australia. That turned around, the Australian dollar went up, it got to parity eventually. And so our industry somewhat collapsed. And, and I looked at colleagues and, and particularly people who, the, the Sparkies, the electricians in film and television, when they started selling their trucks, and they're the last to get out of the mm. industry, when they started selling their trucks, um, and all their equipment and you go we're in dire straits so that it was farscape and the matrix and what have you made me go okay if i'm going to have to switch careers to a degree then i feel to have worked with the muppets because when i was a kid that was a dream was to be a muppet and to i know be a they're muppet? Not, yeah yeah to, to be when grown, i grow up i want to be a muppet yeah yeah, I just thought they were just their timing, their comedy. And I, I used to come home from school, even when I was 14, and I'd put on Sesame Street to watch The Muppets on Sesame Street. So to work with Brian and to work with Jim Henson's company um, was a, an absolute dream come true. And to work with creatures that have come out of that long history was an absolute dream come true. So I felt I, I'm happy. And, and to have done the work that we all did on Farscape and to go, that that's going to last. Yeah. I to go to a convention and, and meet some of the people from Lost in Space. Right. The original Because we've done, movies. sorry, we, we've done lots together, haven't we? So we've, we've had some pretty cool adventures that we never, ever would have had. And I we're so thankful to everyone that's come in today and everyone that supported us along the way because... We wouldn't exist unless it was for for you know all the guys in the chat room and all the people that have loved and shared the journey of Farscape with us. Like, what, what have you had like a, a standout moment when you've uh, you know met a fan one on one that you've gone whoa? I mean, they're all pretty extraordinary, aren't they? But it, it, can you tell us about an amazing fan uh, yeah, moment? Um, amazing. They. It was such a gift to have the opportunity to go and do all these conventions and to meet the fans in person. Um, there was one moment where, you know, you're sitting signing autographs and there's queues of people. And then I was signing away, somebody handed me something, I signed up and then I, I looked up and there was somebody and she was dressed in the full Stark outfit. And that's where the mask went, I think, at least one of them, there was a couple of masks. And she had, she had bought in the auction the Stark outfit, <laughs> which was, on the one hand, it was like quite freaky because it was, there was there my, my character. Yeah. But on the other, 
and it was beautiful to see somebody that passionate about the character to to spend that money and to to dress up um yeah it was lovely uh you're getting lots of requests to to say the line i don't know if you're allowed to or not but they, everyone wants to hear my side your side right my side <laughs> your side i suppose you want it of course they want it they, they want it a little more <laughs> make them happy okay My side! Your side! Yes. I don't know, did you see that? I love that. That makes me so happy. I like full sense memory flashback. This is so cool. We love you, Paul. Where can people find you? Are you on social media? How can they, how can they follow you? Are you still doing music? Do you, do, well, that, this kids project, yeah. yeah. So that that's it at the moment. That's another reason I want to get it finished, so I can get back to writing. Because yes. I, yeah. But you were um, singing. You you had a CD. I did an album. Days, right? yeah, did, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So how can people? So how can they support you or follow you? And where where do they find you? Uh, maybe I can get back in touch with you. Okay. When 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 I've got some teasers of the kids yes. project. Come back That'll on be, and we'll do another session because everyone that, can't get enough of you. They're all going nuts in the chat room going, we love you, Star. That'll be great. And maybe we can figure out how to, as we, just to let everybody know, we were trying to put up some of the um, stuff I was working on, yeah. uh, but we, it was a little bit challenging. Maybe we can work that out or we'll I can send some, you some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's some months away, particularly if I, I um, don't manage to get my 40 hours each week. But that, that's my next project. And, Are you yeah. on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or anything like that? You don't have I'm any fan not. Stuff? I was once on Facebook and it got hacked by somebody who was claiming to be me in Indonesia. Of and course. they had their wallets, <laughs> their wallets stolen and they were begging my friends. Oh, well, everyone yeah. says your your children's book, it looks beautiful. The, the artwork looks beautiful. They want to see more. They want to hear more. And they're sending lots and lots of love. So oh, right. this looks amazing. Lots of love to you, Gigi, and lots of love to all those fans out there. And thank you for the two decades of support for Fartscape. And for me, every time I've met you guys at conventions, it's always been a joy. And it's just a shame so far away. I, I, there was one thing that happened at the end of last year that I was invited to that I couldn't make uh, because of the play um yeah it's so you're so far away and of course now we can't leave our country we will soon don't you say yeah. that don't you we, we will see each other again we will on set yes we will <laughs> yeah love you paul have an amazing day thank you so much for coming onto the show and we would love to have you back and we'd love to hear and see more please thanks okay all right Bye. you turn me off or I'll go by. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, you say bye, and then I'm going to serenade these guys for a little bit, but you don't have to stick Beautiful. around for, for all that jazz. All that jazz. <laughs> bye, Paul. Bye. 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 Oh, my gosh. We love you, Paul. My side, your side, my side, your side. Oh, I miss him so much. He is the best. We have to get him to do an Instagram account or something so we can all watch him because I want to see his adventures. Thank you so much for coming in today, guys. Uh, what a very 
very special occasion. I want to thank you because you guys have inspired me to reconnect with all the Farscape family. You guys are beautiful actors, a beautiful crew of Moya. I, I'm very, very thankful. You're amazing. Uh, so we've got lots of very special things happening. I'm going to give you a little bit of a song, but first of all, I wanted to thank everyone again for their amazing donations. I'll be giving Paul half of that, your subscriptions, your follows. It means the world to me. Uh, you're just, just amazing. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to let you know for uh, next week. Oh, you're already on to it, aren't you, Doctor? Next week, we have someone very special joining us. Uh, I gave you a clue. I believe I said, what was the clue? So make sure I don't lock it up. I believe I said their name had an O in either the beginning or the last name, first or last name. So can I get a drum roll, please? Brr, brr, brr. Bigger drum roll, whoa, bigger drum roll than that. Ah, what was the question? Just kidding. Ah. So next Thursday, we will be having the awesome Rockney O'Bannon, the creator, one of the beautiful creators of Farscape, will be joining us. He also has uh, created so many other extraordinary productions. We'll be talking about all of them. Rockney, yay! And I'm a huge fan of his. I'm stalking him all last year, saying, come to this convention, come to that convention. Everybody wants to see you. Everyone wants to meet you. Everyone wants to hang out with you. So I'm so stoked because he's very busy at the moment working on evil. So uh, he's, uh, he's allowing me to steal an hour of his time or allowing us to steal an hour of his time. So have all your questions primed and we'll have to let him know how much we love and adore him and his beautiful Farscape, his and Brian's beautiful Farscape. Uh, so there you go, you're welcome. Uh, very special. And we do, of course, all the guests that have come on have just uh, you know, had a chance actually afterwards to watch the episode because a lot of these guys are coming in from Australia. So they can't see the chat at the same time. So then I send them the link to the chat and they can see all the comments and and they're like, oh, we wanna come back on again and hang out again. And so this is very cool. It's, it's uh, really reconnecting our beautiful family. So I, I'm very appreciative. Thank you guys. So that's next Thursday. Tomorrow is a dealer's choice. It is the audience choice. And we believe, I, I believe we decided that we would uh, actually watch Nobody Knows, which is a film uh, that is here. I'm gonna actually play a little trailer for you. You can watch it on, we'll watch it tomorrow together on YouTube, uh, but here's the teaser, okay? Do, 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 do. Here's the little teaser. Haven't you ever felt something that made you feel worlds away? That gutted you? That ripped you to shreds so much so that you were forced to cover the precipice and wonder, where do I go? So that's the little sneaky teaser that we have. And we will be watching that tomorrow and I'll be talking through it. And it's actually kind of cool because it actually oh. has 
I'm Gigi Edgley. I play Tiana on Farscape. <gasps> that was like from one of the... I'm such... Oh, I'm a baby. I'm like... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so I will be watching Nobody Knows. So you can tune into... It's on my YouTube channel, which is... If you just type in Gigi Edgley YouTube, you'll see it there. And then at the end of Friday, we have... Uh, I do a little yoga session because I think we need to there was actually a big meditation today guys and we it was I think there was like it was a universal meditation that I did at 11 o'clock uh, LA time to transform fear into love and to send love out to everybody and healing to beautiful mother earth and the universe to get us back on the right track again so tomorrow at the end of the session we'll be watching nobody knows and then we're going to do a little 10 minute yoga session which is really easy you can watch and laugh or eat your popcorn or you can join in and i just like it because i'm a i'm i love yoga uh it's a new thing that i'm introducing because i want to show you guys uh, a lot of what i really dig and things that are fun for me to do and uh, then on saturday we'll be watching home of the remains right is that right Dexodo, I believe so, which is yes, home on on the remains. Ooh, gross! The Budong, it's the Budong episode, and I get a new outfit for that one, I believe. Can we do laughing yoga? Yes, well, you you laugh anyway at me when I do yoga, Captain. So, another cool thing that we're doing tomorrow, and I'm gonna pop over here uh, at the moment is Zoom we hang out and i get to see your face and i really like it because because i've been in isolation since oh since may may since march the oh where did it go i've been in isolation since march the 12th and i'm desperate to see faces so come and hang out with me on zoom will ya uh i keep deleting the link here is the link. It's the Zoom session is tomorrow at six fifteen, and we're going to we we hang out there for an hour and we talk about the show and you guys give me um, your thoughts on life and it's really cool. I just put the link there in the bottom of the chat, um, so you can pick up your tickets there and all the dollars go to the Feed the Baby Fund. So I'm very appreciative. Thank you a million times. Thank you guys. Uh, I'm just going to pop you over here. This is my website. Uh, it's Gigi Edgley, my name, .com. It has links to Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the fun stuff. Uh, and because I can't uh, see you in the flesh right at this moment, uh, flesh seer, uh, then I put a shop on my site so you can pick up beautiful photographs that, of course, I'll autograph and personalize for you and uh, my music is here on a USB. I also have my CD here. Um, Star Trek continues, uh, lots of cool posters from the Wonderland tour, which is a tour that my brother and I did uh, uh, last year and the year before. Uh, so you can check that out. Also on this website is a link to the Wonderland tour, which we will be doing again next year just here Gigi and Jake Edgley's Wonderland tour it's a complete uh, it's a complete fan run tour and uh, we literally traveled all around the world uh, to people's backyards lounge rooms uh, um, comic cons nightclubs music venues 
uh, and we were almost in a different town every night doing a show and that was all because you guys uh, gave us suggestions where to go uh, on social media so thank you for that and if you do have suggestions for next year please contact us through that little page all right uh, let me see okay now I'm going to sing for you a little tune all right thank you guys love you very very much here we go Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry that I've got my air conditioning on today because it's so hot. Hello, 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 hello. Hang on a sec. Here you go. Hello.
Wanna lock in your life, baby I feel we're close enough Can I lock in your life, baby I am so encaptured Got me wrapped up in your touch Feel so enamored Hold me tight now in your clutch How do you do it? Got me losing every breath What did you do? Make my heart beat up my chest Make my heart, make my heart, make my heart Make my heart, make my heart, make my heart Beat out my chest Make my heart, make my heart Make my heart beat out my chest Make my heart I feel we close Thank you so much for coming on by. I'll see you tomorrow to watch uh, Beautiful Nobody Knows. And please spread the word far and near about Rockney joining us on, on Thursday. It's going to be amazing. I'm so honoured that he will be joining our Twitch family. Sending lots of love to you all. Please share with your family and friends. Beautiful Farscape on Amazon Prime. Let's get this show back. And uh, if you've enjoyed today, uh, share the love. It's a really amazing place to hang out. You guys have brought me lots and lots of amazing energy and I am forever thankful to you. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a little tune. Uh, it's uh, This is a music video to one of my original songs. Uh, it's called Closer. I'll see you guys tomorrow, 5 p.m. Lots of love. Bye. Bruised lips and electric kisses. Dark smiles, long awaited wishes. 
Come a little closer, boy. Melt into me. I've roamed the world, seen a thousand glimpses. With slow touch, I could be your missus. Come a little closer, boy. And fall into me. You've ever tasted So how long you gonna keep me waiting Come a little closer, boy And give it to me Be my moon, come trapped in the distance Wrap me up with no resistance There's beauty when our stars collide So crash into me I'm being the best that you've ever tasted Boy, and give it to me. Oh,